Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you wanna learn more about my clinical work, our telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we are giving away free signed books of your choice. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well. And every month, no matter when you listen to this episode, every month, my team and I will go through the Apple Podcasts review and randomly be picking winners. And I'll reach out to you personally and we'll ask you which book you want and we'll send it to your, we'll send it straight to your home or wherever you want us to send it to. And you can do two, do it two ways. You can leave your Instagram handle on the Apple Podcast review. That's one way. Or you can message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole and screenshot the Apple Podcast review and do it that way if you don't want to leave your Instagram handle on Apple Podcasts. Either way, it's totally cool with us. And we'll be going through our messages on Instagram and on the Apple Podcast reviews and randomly picking winners. All right, good luck. As you all know, at the end of every regular episode when I talk to one of my friends in wellness, I answer one of your burning health questions and ask me anything. And then peppered through every month, we have entire episodes. I said peppered again. Holly's going to hold me to it. (laughs) (laughs) Sprinkled through every month, we devote entire episodes to answering your health questions. So keep your health questions coming in. They can be about functional medicine. They could be about labs. It could be about hormone health, brain health, gut health, about inflammation levels. It could be about chronic Lyme disease or chronic mold, things that we see clinically. It could be about foods, different foods to focus on or foods to avoid. And as weird as you want to get when it comes to health and wellness and biohacking, nutrition, send it over to us. You can message me on Instagram and we add it to a Google Doc or go to drwillcole.com and there are email links there. You can submit it to us. Yeah. Or any social media platform. Yeah. All right. And 
we are here. We are here on the Apple Ask Me Anything episode. We have the team all here. Holly D. Here we DJ, are. DJ Holly D. She's our patient <laughs> experience liaison. She handles all patient experiences and just making people have the best experiences at our Functional Medicine Telehealth Center. And we have Megan Emily here on the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner team. Hello, friend. Hey. Holding it down on the clinical side. So we have both sides of the clinic here represented, and we're going to jump into your health questions and some exciting new science coming out of the scientific literature. Did I miss anything? I think we're good to get going, I think we're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's jump into the first question. First question. Okay. This question says, someone told me that ticks and other bugs like certain blood types. Is this true? So there is evidence to show that ticks do like certain blood types. So there's a study published actually in the Annals of Agricultural and Environmental Medicine. They found that they they tested 100 different types of ticks. And just to maybe shed light on this, I, I this was off of a consult yesterday, and I'm sure the patient team, you get this question too. They'll be on the West Coast, or they'll live in Canada, or they'll live in Europe, or they'll live in Arizona, right? Someplace that's not the classic East Coast where we live. And they will think, they will say, well, I've never lived on the East Coast. When we ask questions, like we have what's called a Horowitz questionnaire, which is a pointer for us to kind of see our is different tick-borne and insect-borne issues a factor? And we know these things are mimickers of many other problems. It's not definitive, but it's pointers as to what labs. Don't you get, I know I'm going on a tangent real fast. How many <laughs> times do you say you tick-borne illnesses are in every 50 states? Yes. <laughs> All over. And they're not just in the deer ticks. Yeah. Yes. So this study, the reason why I'm saying this, is that they tested many different types of ticks found actually throughout Europe. And they found, and look, and we know that when we do the more comprehensive Lyme panel, we know that that the Lyme bacteria, Borrelia burgdorferi, is not found just in deer ticks. And that's part of the problem for conventional Lyme testing. So you need to look at different, different types of insects that can carry these bacterial infections and co-infections. Anyways, back to the question at hand. They found, they looked at different blood types, A, B, A, B, and O, and they placed it on a Petri dish. And they found that type A blood was the most appealing to a tick's palate. They really loved this type A blood. It was super, super delicious for them. Attracting (laughs) 36% of the ticks in the study. On the flip side, type B was the least popular, drawing in a mere 15%. Don't take it personally, type Bs. I mean, you're not appealing to them. Really be thankful. (laughs) Be thankful. The the study says the result indicates that the the, the host selection of ticks may be influenced by the physiological or biochemical profile of an individual such as their blood type. This means that a blood type of an individual can be one of the factors, not the only factors, that increases the risk for tick bite and transmission of dangerous diseases and thus must not be underestimated. So there are other studies that show similar things. And I think the other part of the question maybe was mosquitoes. There are other studies that, that look at this as well. There was a 2004 study. They found that type O over type A 
was preferable to many mosquitoes. That makes sense to me because I'm always getting bit up mm, in the summer. Yeah. I'm See, I'm typo <laughs> and I do not find that that happens as much. Well, here's the deal. that In the studies that for mosquitoes, they found that other factors like body odor, carbon dioxide, heat, the color of the skin. Yeah. A, a small 2002 study found that mosquitoes may be more attracted to people who've been drinking. So oh, Emily... Sense now. I'm stepping back out of this conversation. <laughs> now we know. In this study, she's like, it always happens on the weekend when I'm outside the bar. <laughs> and I've got a white claw in my hand. Megan, I think I'm just sweeter than you. Can't we just leave? I'm not there sure. There we go. That's what it is. It, it, it's all those potato chips you're having. Oh, so good. <laughs> Ooh, coming at you. Oh, a healthy potato I'm, chip, I'm guys. Here. I'm saying this not to shame you. People are going to come at me now. It's a joke here because we're a, we're like family here, but also be, it's, Emily has the biggest bags of potato chips. It's like enigmatic of yes. her. It's a, a relationship. It's like a family size. And they're healthy. Yes. Avocado oil, no shame. Avocado. I love potato chips. Yes, Thrive Market salt and minis although, come at me. And I'm not above Ew, going and grabbing a handful of them. So. If I had a husband and a couple kids at home, I might bring my family bag here because they'd probably eat it all on yes, you. Yes, I store them. I, I don't hey, share well. We yeah, And I, I will take, I'll be the first to take them. But in this study, they said that the mosquitoes landed on participants more frequently after they'd consume a small amount of beer, which you're not having any beer. No, none. <laughs> and they also said pregnancy was oh. another factor. A 2004 study found that a higher amount of mosquitoes were attracted to pregnant women when compared to with non-pregnant women. And they said it may be because pregnant women release more carbon dioxide and yeah. have a higher body temperature. Oh. Yeah. So look, blood type is a component for wow. ticks and mosquitoes, and other insects. But it's not the only component. Yeah. So, I and I you see this when I talk to patients, they'll say, "Yeah, I get bit up so bad." I know my daughter is the same way. She's thirteen years old. She gets bit up with mosquitoes so much, and I don't. Yeah. So the many okay. factors. I to don't consider. either. Yeah. I don't know my blood type either. I mean, wow. You don't know your blood no, type? No, I don't. Wow. Oh, well, you yeah, need to come over right. to the patient side. We'll help you out. Yeah, yeah. I need to look into that. <laughs> all right. So, is, do you have anything else to add to that? I mean, no. That's I. I such an interesting question mm -hmm. too. And you know, just so you know, if you're type A, don't avoid going hiking or, yeah. you know, you can still live your life, you yeah. know, just as much as the type B person. But, but no, I think it is, it is important regardless of where you're at and what you're doing to take preventative measures. You know, if you are out in the woods or yeah. hiking, just take the same measures of covering up the body as you're doing those things and trying to be as careful as possible and watching out if you do get a tick bite, knowing how to remove it yeah. properly, knowing the measures to take afterwards. So, yeah. And I mean, I, my dog gets a lot of ticks, like a lot of ticks. Like, I don't know what she's doing, but I'm out there with her and she gets a ton of ticks. And I recently used Now Foods, I think it is, has like this flea and tick spray, which there's other ones out there, but it, the main things are like cedarwood and lemongrass oil, mm -hmm. which are natural like deterrents. Honestly, I might make my own for myself. I spray my dog yeah. down, but yeah. I don't use it on myself. I might just go home and make some. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, I mean, there's a lot of really great natural Central products oils, out yeah. there. I love, look, even looking at, we've talked about the EWG website for looking for good yeah. alternatives too. It's helpful. Yep. Yeah. So, I, I would definitely echo everything that you said. And also, just to reiterate myself, again, it's in all 50 states. It's around Europe. We see patients that they weren't even known to be bit by ticks. They were potentially bit by spiders and other insects that can carry bacteria. The point is, there's a lot of unknowns about this. And we know even other insect bites or anything like viruses, et cetera, other traumas, 
can reactivate things that maybe have been there already. Maybe they were bitten by a tick, but it was reactivated because of some stress or trauma. So it's, remember, these bacteria have lived with us for thousands and thousands of years. So it's not just the bacteria itself that's the variable. It's the larger bioterrain of the human body. It is other environmental factors, epigenetic factors that weaken our microbiome and our immune system's ability to live in harmony with these bacteria and different microbes. And we also have to ask the question, why is there a rise in the bacteria in general? Like, why, why is that? And what's going on with our world that's allowing the bacteria to grow and be found in more different types of ticks? I think these are questions that we need to Yeah, that's ask. a real question. And different environmentalists, scientists are looking at even climate change as being a part of it. Is ticks just growing and spreading more and more? Less different animals that would eat the ticks are not there as much. So our ecosystem balance need to be needs to be looked at with this when you look at the complexity mm-hmm. of this topic of chronic Lyme disease and other things that I mean, what are we talking about? Biotoxins. Biotoxins released from these bacteria and co-infections that can trigger autoimmune conditions for some people that have the susceptibility to that and other things like chronic fatigue syndrome. And this is definitely something that we have a heart for clinically. Man, I can't tell you how common it is to see with patients, especially newer patients, electrolyte imbalances and they don't know it and they think it's some big grandiose action step they need to do to support their maybe fatigue or brain fog or cravings and when i look at labs look at the context of what they're doing it's a simple fix and it's supporting their electrolytes electrolytes are needed for so many different pathways in the body the problem is when you are eating processed foods, there's a lot of sodium, right? So when you clean up somebody's diet, you go off of a lot of processed, packaged, high sodium foods, that can throw off electrolytes. Now I'm not going to advocate for you to go back to eating the junk food, but way that I recommend to support electrolytes is Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. They have freaking delicious flavors. It's been a game changer for my patients. All my patients that listen to the podcast, they know Dr. Wilkel loves Element and I do. I have it personally. We recommend it into patients' protocols. We put it into patients' protocols as well. Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. It's a great way to try all their delicious flavors. You get eight single serving packets completely free with any Element order. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash willcole. This deal is only available through this link. So you must go to drinklmnt.com slash willcole. Drinkelement.com slash willcole. The whole health and fitness world is talking about glucose, about blood sugar these days. And for good reason. Poor glucose control is tied to weight gain, fatigue, brain fog, sexual dysfunction, diabetes, Alzheimer's, it's called type 3 diabetes in the research, heart disease, strokes, and so much more. But how do we track our glucose? How can we find out how our lifestyle affects our health? This is where levels comes in. Levels helps you see how food affects your health, 
by giving you real-time feedback on your diet and how stress impacts your blood sugar, how sleep impacts your blood sugar, how so many different things that you're doing every day without thinking, how is it impacting your blood sugar? You can find out your own bioindividuality and make informed decisions for your wellness. I've been using levels and recommending it to patients. We integrate it into patient protocols here at the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center because it's amazing data for you to learn about yourself, for you to have agency over your wellness. And I also had Dr. Casey Means on The Art of Being Well. She is the co-founder and chief medical officer at Levels. We learned so much in that conversation. You all love that episode. If you haven't checked out the episode with Dr. Casey Means from Levels, go back and listen to it because you will for sure want to get Levels for yourself. If you want to better understand how food, stress, sleep, life itself affects your health, Try a continuous glucose monitor for yourself. Go to levels.link slash Will Cole. That's L-E-V-E-L-S dot L-I-N-K slash Will Cole. Levels.link slash Will Cole. All right. So next question comes from a listener and they said, I have an autoimmune condition and I'm nervous to get Botox. Do you ever see any issues with this? And is this something you'd recommend or are there alternatives? We have patients that get it, and we're dealing with a population that's very sensitive, generally speaking. They have reactivities to lots of different things. And I have to say, with our patient base, I haven't seen any negatives. I have heard of people within the wellness space say that they had flare-ups from, they noticed after the Botox injection, but that's unsubstantiated as far as I know. There's probably tons of variables, and sometimes people want to pinpoint certain things in their life, and they don't know for sure. They're just finding a correlation between the two. I have to say, in 12 years plus of monitoring cases of people that from time to time get these sort of things, I haven't seen any direct mm. correlation. Have you all? Not necessarily, mm. no, but I also think just knowing like when we're seeing people with where their gut is and looking at the microbiome, things like that, again, just being mindful of the sensitivity mm -hmm. of, of your body and the threshold mm -hmm. and knowing that maybe starting with alternatives might be the better option. But no, I don't think we've necessarily seen anyone have a reaction to it by no, any means. I, I do know, like in my family, I won't call out this family member, but I will say in my family, we like there's Botox and fillers. And I do know that there are some warnings that do say like, if you have an autoimmune condition, this could trigger it. But I will say from a clinical perspective, I have not seen it personally as yeah. much. Yeah. But I also feel like we, we do have times where we don't always tie things Patients may not always tie things together. They may think more, it's the mold, it's the gut dysbiosis, not it's the Botox. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's just something we haven't heard about yet. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely could see it be possible because we're dealing with a tempestuous, volatile immune system. Anything that could potentially stress mm -hmm. out, we see the smallest of things stress yeah, out Yeah, it's possible. Out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would put it in the category of, yeah, it, it's a potential modulation of the immune system that could be the straw that broke the camel's back for some people. Right. I wouldn't want to ever be alarmist if someone chooses to get that. They just yeah. need to talk with a doctor and see if they're a good candidate for it. But let's talk about the alternatives. I think that's a more interesting way to go about this. There are Botox that alternatives, meaning it's not the actual brand name Botox, but it's the same active ingredient that's in Botox. 
but without the fillers and distillates and other preservatives that may be in it. So it's in theory a purer, more pure form of Botox, like Xeomin. Mm -hmm. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I've actually done Xeomin and I haven't had any issues with it because it is that ingredient, but it doesn't have the preservatives mm -hmm. or any of those additives in it. And to me, again, I think that if you it, there is a more natural route, why not take it? You mm -hmm. know, could I have tried mm -hmm. the regular Botox? Absolutely. But if there was something that didn't have those preservatives or additives in it, I'd prefer that. Yeah. I am, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of needles in my face. That's, it is not, I'm not like a purist or against it. I've had my eyebrows microbladed, but that is not an injectable. Oh, you're living on the wild side. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so I'm not above it. I just have, I don't know, the idea of someone coming at near my face with an injection freaks me out. I'm not opposed yeah. to it. I, I just, mean, the, it freaks me out. there are other options too. I mean, I guess if you're That's, not afraid of needles, then something like the yes, micro needling, right. the PRP right. yeah, facial. Yeah, so we did, mm. we went to a wellness spa. Basically, almost everyone that's in the local clinic, like we have a lot of remote people within the clinic, but pretty much everybody came on a road trip from the telehealth center in Pittsburgh. We drove out to Cleveland to a wellness spa. Shout out to... Town Hall and Live and everybody there. They're, they're really great people. And Kayla Barnes actually was on the podcast. So go back and listen to Kayla Barnes. She heads up a lot of their work there. And we, Emily and I, and a few other people on the team, Andrea on the team got it. Candace got yeah. it on it. So you guys know Candace and Andrea from the case study, a mental health is physical health episode. So go back and check those. We all had a, what was what was it called? It was a PRP. PRP facial and microneedling just to kind of help collagen production and, and fine lines and wrinkles. And I mean, it's, it's a great alternative to naturally help produce mm -hmm. that. And yeah, I don't know. I loved it. Here's the thing. I have this weird side passion for skincare. Mm -hmm. I will pretty much try anything. So, <laughs> you, will. you know, as soon as they offered it to me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. And yeah. I thought it was great. So what they did was they pulled our blood. They centrifuged, I think that's what they did. They centrifuged yeah. our yeah. blood. What was left is just our plasma, mm -hmm. which is just like it's this liquidy serum that's yeah. left over. Yeah. And they basically pour and apply the plasma on our face. Yeah. It's See, the what they call a vampire facial. That's not like a facial. giant, like in Injectable needle, though. That's no. totally different. We're talking about a very small yes, vial yes. of blood. I have seen videos. I would be down for that. It's just the whole giant needle of like Botox coming it's out my face. It's not a giant no. needle. Oh, well, you're overstating over yeah, this. I think you visualize this. And yeah. you've, you've I definitely do. It's not like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I have tattoos, piercings, but I'm like, oh, yeah, needle in the face. So, <laughs> They're very uh, tiny. All right. We need to do some trauma work on this. Yeah. Like, guys, I have like eight tattoos, but that one needle in the face is what gets me. <laughs> well, let's talk about tattoos another week. Yes. But uh, anyway, so th what they do is that they pour the plasma on the face and then they do it's what they call a vampire facial, I think. It's, just, it's synonymous mm -hmm. with it's that. It's like microneedling. Yeah. So it's, it's microneedling. It's a machine that does superficial, basically superficial wounding of the skin to promote healing and regeneration. So it's like yeah. a almost a hormetic effect in a way yeah. where you're kind of 
or like exercising yes. where you're like yeah. doing micro yep. tears on your muscle to build it up stronger. That's the same theory, right? Yeah. yeah. To build, break it down, to build it back up. The skin barrier yep. can be strong. So yeah, that's a nice alternative because there's no toxins involved. Yes. It's just your exactly. own they blood. They even do that with like joints and physical therapy. Yes, and exactly. Yeah. Therapy, yeah. Like, for sure. That's awesome. I'm down for yeah, that. I mean, it's technically a, a medical yeah, procedure. It's a medical did it hurt as a medical procedure? I, I was too afraid to No, do they, they did use a like numbing a, cream. a numbing cream. Oh, yeah, that's no. right. So oh, no, it okay. did not hurt. There's no downtime. There's no downtime for Botox and ZMN either, but there's no downtime. You're a little red. We went and ate afterwards. I looked completely fine. Some people <laughs> looked a little redder than others. I looked a little sunburnt for like 12 hours and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then you're supposed to go for a few sessions. It's not yeah. like one thing. You're supposed mm-hmm. to do like every month or every other month, something for like that. Months, Talk with yeah. your doctor about this. But basically, yeah. your consecutive treatments. I also did, because I'm kind of the same with you. I like biohacking with like skin yes. health and things like that. I did the Morpheus 8, which Morpheus 8 is... Also microneedling, but pairs it with a laser. I think it's a little bit deeper than regular P microneedling. But check out Morpheus A because apparently the, the before and afters for these are pretty astounding. That sounds cool. But Chloe Kardashian, who knows the people at Town Hall and live because she used to live in Cleveland because of her, the guy that she was with. Partner, I don't know much yeah. about it. But the um, Tristan. Yeah, anyways, so they, he played for the Cavs. And anyway, so Khloe Kardashian recommended Morpheus 8. So so they told me about it. They said, hey, check out, if you like this, check out Morpheus mm-hmm. 8. And I did, and it was, it yeah. was really cool. I did a few sessions of that. Yeah, so. and I think too for, you know, with any of these procedures, I still think we should be taking care of our skin, you know, mm-hmm. as maintenance. Like that should be one of yeah. the first steps that we're doing. You know, these aren't going to replace a good skincare routine, yeah. making sure that you have good quality, clean ingredient cleansers and exfoliators. And there's great things mm-hmm. like retinol creams and hyaluronic acid. There's great natural alternatives to those two with clean ingredients that we should be looking into and we should be using too. If that's a step that you want to take is, you know, really help smooth out your, you know, whatever issues that you're trying to address, I think making care that you're t- making sure that you're taking care of your skin and finding those are, are great places to start mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it starts, honestly, a lot of this stuff starts from the inside out, yeah. not just the outside mm-hmm. in. Both are important, but a lot of what we talked about in this, uh, talk about on this show throughout the episodes is the inside out. But we have a lot of outside in people too. So I would, a few episode shout outs, Dr. Julius Few, he, he's a big fan of Xeomin. He's one of the world's leading plastic surgeons and a lot of non-invasive stuff too. So go back and check out the episode with Dr. Julius Few, Dr. Whitney Bow, Dr. Barbara Sturm, Tata Harper has been on the show. That's just some of them. I mean, we've had some of the best dermatologists and mm-hmm. skincare doctors out there on the podcast. So go back and listen to those episodes to learn more. Have you heard about Green Chef? My family and I have used Green Chef for a long time. We freaking love it. So what is Green Chef? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Green Chef has options for every lifestyle. They have keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, something they call fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free. Green Chef is offering more customization than ever before with new organic and wild-caught protein options. You can swap the protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon to suit your tastes, and they deliver their recipes completely tailored to you directly to your front door. 
You can elevate your dinner experience with their fall's finest collection, a curated selection of Farmstead's favorites, fresh seasonal ingredients, and premium proteins. You can enjoy recipes like their beef tenderloin with pot roast style gravy, garlic mashed potatoes and green beans, pecan crusted salmon with creamy kale and roasted carrots. They also have this delicious beef tenderloin with cherry balsamic sauce, maple Brussels sprouts, so good, and brown butter potatoes. Go to greenchef.com slash willcole135 and use code willcole135 to get $135 off across five boxes. And your first box ships completely free. Again, that's greenchef.com slash willcole135 to get $135 off five boxes. I've just about seen it all when it comes to superfood blends. I've been in, in this industry for a long time. Some are great with really high quality ingredients, but honestly, a lot can be cheap and just not very good to be honest and not worth your money. But one new superfood blend that I recently started using and loving is Metabolic Reds. Metabolic Reds packs 37 superfoods into one delicious berry flavored scoop that you mix into a glass of water, super simple, and drink just once a day. That's all you need. And basically, it helps you start your day off feeling amazing from the moment you leave home in the morning until you're going to sleep at night. It contains a high-quality blend of an antioxidant-rich organic red fruits, soothing adaptogens, probiotics for your gut health, and digestive enzymes for your gut health. And together, these superfood blends helps you support a healthy gut and digestion, healthy weight management and metabolism, healthy immune system, healthy heart, healthy aging, all the things. Metabolic Reds fits perfectly into any healthy lifestyle. So no matter how you eat, vegan, keto, paleo, it doesn't matter. Metabolic Reds will perfectly complement what you're already doing. And right now you can try Metabolic Reds risk-free and get a free bottle of their incredible sister product, Metabolic Greens. All you have to do is go to getreds.com slash willcole to place your order. You're getting two amazing products for the price of one, but only while limited supplies last. So head on over to getreds.com slash willcole to purchase your supply of metabolic reds. Again, that's getreds.com slash willcole to order metabolic reds today and receive your free gift. All right, next question. All right, so what are biofilms and how do they affect the body? Is this something that you address in your clinic and how do you get rid of them? All right. So biofilms, we all have biofilms. So it's not a matter of like, oh, you have a biofilm? <laughs> what are you doing? A biofilm is a mucosal barrier in our body. Mainly what we're talking about is the gut more than anything. And they are normal. They are a home to the part of the home of the microbiome. They're protective of our larger microbiome. The problem is when you deal with different biotoxin problems that we talked about with chronic Lyme or people that have mold toxicity or people that have other autoimmune inflammatory issues, GI issues, they can have an unhealthy biofilm or filled with opportunistic and pathogenic things like different bacteria, yeast and fungus, et cetera. So part of the healing to really get the pathogens that are priming and driving, driving the inflammation, we need to support a healthy biofilm. So the clinical objective for many of our patients that are struggling with these different issues like chronic fatigue syndrome and 
autoimmune problems, et cetera, is to support a healthy biofilm. So the way that we do that is a few different things that have been shown in the research to be beneficial to be a mild biofilm disruptor. So we're not blasting it with anything aggressive that's going to harm anybody. This is just supportive of the renewal of the biofilm in a way. Things like serapeptase, different enzymes can be very helpful for supporting a healthy biofilm. Stevia or stevia can be another tool to support a healthy biofilm. We, we, one of the Within the protocols, it's never just one thing, but within the protocol, we'd put in some people's protocol, stevia tinctures, stevia tinctures. And I'm saying stevia because that's technically the way to say it, but everybody says stevia and I say stevia, but I'm trying to be like, <laughs> trying to be like academic and official here, guys. <laughs> that, that the stevia extract is a pure form. It's not like the white powder that you're getting at Target. It is like the pure medicinal form pulled from specific crops in specific parts of the world that have been third-party tested for purity and the active compounds would be beneficial to act as a mild biofilm disruptor. And this, this is not just some weird woo-woo thing. There's a lot of cool science in the scientific literature looking at how it behaves as a biofilm disruptor. But patients are interested whenever we yes. bring this into the protocol. They're like, yeah. what the heck? This is yeah. like, sweet water. Why yeah. are you doing this to yeah. me? Yeah. They're always asking like, what is this? Or even just seeing like biofilm disruptor. They're like, well, why do I need this? So mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's so important because again, with what we're trying to address, whether it is, you know, biotoxins or pathogens, we have to acknowledge that these exist and that they need addressed if we want to pull these from the body. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. We always talk as a clinic, like these biofilms are surrounding the mold or the parasites or pathogens within your body. But something that it should be said is there are biofilms in your home and in your environment that make it so that mold can grow. So you don't have to worry just about the biofilms in your body. And this is not to instill fear, but just preparedness in patients, yeah. like your coffee pot, the mold that's in your sink, like things like that. If it is slimy, it is wet. It is most likely a place where mold can grow. And it's a biofilm that's forming that can protect mold spores to grow in a better environment. Oh. So mm -hmm. clean your homes. Everybody everybody just paused this podcast to go clean their coffee yeah. pot yes. right yeah. now. For real, that's Do I have anything my slimy? Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, these microbes want to uh, live, yes. right? These, they want They're to very live. Smart. They'll create a little community and they'll protect themselves. Yep. And sometimes that's good if you have a healthy microbiome and sometimes it's not oh. good. So if you're struggling with a chronic health problem and then let, let's just talk about it. Like there are many people that will do the quote-unquote parasite cleanse on social media <laughs> or they'll do like that they'll take the random antimicrobial that they they heard about and they don't That's get better so right yeah yes. and it's yeah. like well maybe a, an, a, an unhealthy biofilm is contributing to why that thing's not effective because it's not able to break up the biofilm and clear that out now yeah. what's cool is that there are some natural antimicrobials that do also behave as a mild biofilm disruptor which i just sit back as another example of just nature being amazing that we think of it as very, very utilitarian. Like, well, that's, that cat's claw is just an antimicrobial. Mm -hmm. But the reality is a lot of these whole food plant compounds actually have mm -hmm. multifaceted objectives. They, they can yeah. do more than one thing. Yeah. So we do a synergistic protocols for pe people that do have these biotoxin related illnesses. And yeah, it's something to consider. Yeah. When it comes to therapy and psychiatry, getting the help you need has never been so simple. 
when you're able to access your provider from the comfort of your device, wherever you're at, it means mental health care can be on your schedule and alleviating the wait times to get an appointment or the travel time to an office can free up time for the rest of your life. Talkspace is so convenient and so accessible. It helps my patients and myself feel so supported around the clock. As a functional medicine practitioner, you all know this, my heart is really to empower people to realize that mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. I recommend therapists, psychiatrists, whatever is appropriate to the case to all of my patients because it works so well in conjunction with what I do in functional medicine. I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy to my patients and all the listeners of The Art of Being Well. There's no need to wait until something goes wrong in your life to work with a therapist. Of course, Talkspace is also there to help with any specific challenges you might be facing. It's the number one online therapy platform with thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and so much more. As a listener of The Art of Being Well, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use the code ABW to get $100 off your first month and show your support for The Art of Being Well. That's code ABW and Talkspace.com. Now we're going to jump right into the latest and greatest science coming out of the journals. So yeah, what's the are. first study we're going to dig into? All right, let's dig on in. You know, the, <laughs> stick on it. What is this called again? The study corner? I, I feel, I call it a reading rainbow, reading but rainbow. nobody, no one loved study that. Study corner? I don't Holly remember. Sing All right, we're, oh, oh gosh. Okay, the song for the week, the song for the week is? Celine Dion. Okay. So, I can't think of the words though. Okay, everybody, this is going to okay, be. I'm not going to hum it. 90s we're, pop no, adult we're, we're contemporary right classic. No, come on, before we jump in. I can't think of the words for some reason. All I know is that my heart will go on. Oh, my old. heart will go hey. on. That's the words you need to know. No, sorry. You, you started like... Every night in... Oh, goodness. Okay, yeah. Oh, We're wow. moving forward on to vitamin D. Okay. So this is a study from August 7th, 2022 from the University of South Australia, and it's titled Down on Vitamin D. It could be the cause of chronic inflammation. So this was published in the International Journal of Epidemiology, and the study examined vitamin D and C-reactive proteins. This is something we measure both of these on pretty much every patient, vitamin D levels and high-sensitivity C-reactive proteins. And they found a one-way one -way relationship between low levels of vitamin D and high levels of C-reactive protein expressed as inflammation. They found that boosting vitamin D in people with vitamin D deficiencies may reduce chronic inflammation. I love when studies substantiate what we already know. Yeah. But it's kind of cool. already saying, yeah. I would like to be paid for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes people just need to see the data, and yes. that's, what, that's why we're saying this. Helping them avoid a number of health-related diseases or different related diseases. This was supported by the National Health and Medical Research Council and published, again, in the International Journal of Epidemiology. The study also raises the possibility that having adequate vitamin D concentrations may mitigate complications arising from obesity and reduce the risk or severity of chronic illnesses with an inflammatory component, such as 
autoimmune conditions, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, pretty much every health problem. Even when you look at the brain, the brain is rich with vitamin D receptor sites. You look at things like anxiety and depression, fatigue. There are other studies mm-hmm. showing this correlation between low vitamin D and these other problems. Now, it's responsible. It acts as almost a pro-hormone, vitamin D does, and it really does a lot to regulate inflammation levels. It's no surprise for us in the functional medicine world, but it's cool to see the International Journal of Epidemiology substantiate yeah. this with more science. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, we know how important it is, right? Every cell in our body has a receptor site for vitamin D. So it is regulating so many different pathways. So I love that this data is showing that. I think that a lot of times when we first test somebody and we're looking at these levels and we see low levels, I mean, it really correlates to also the other markers that we're seeing too. It's definitely an important area that we are always addressing, always talking about. And I I love to see that more data is, is proving that too. Yeah. And I mean, something that I always like to say too is, and Dr. Cole, you may want to talk more about this, but like we do supplement with it and it, it makes sense to supplement with it. I mean, all of us live in Pittsburgh right now. It's mm-hmm. it's not always easy yeah. to get the sun, but even when it's a cloudier day or partly cloudy, most places of the world, like get outside. That is free vitamin D yeah. and that helps your circadian rhythm. So mm-hmm. I'm all for supplementation and the benefits of it. But also I think this is just saying like, we as humans are meant to be outside more and we're not yeah, utilizing that's a good that. Point. I love that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the sunshine vitamin yeah. and it's a fat soluble vitamin. So if you are supplementing with it, you want to be judicious with it. You don't want to mm-hmm. be dosing super high if you aren't testing. Yeah. And you can, we've talked about this in previous AMAs, but you can get decent, not ample, but decent amounts of vitamin D through different foods, yeah. different dairy, like ghee, clarified butter can have some vitamin D. Fish can have some vitamin yeah. D. I, mushrooms, I mean, the wonderful world of the mycelium fungi world, they actually, because they are basically aliens, they are not <laughs> plants, they absorb the sunlight just like we do and synthesize vitamin D. Yeah. So when you eat mushrooms, you can get some vitamin D too. Pretty ample amounts of it as yeah. well. So- yeah. Uh, where do we want it, team? Where do we want the vitamin D for the people mm-hmm. they want to know? Like, where's my vitamin D? Where, where do I want it to be? Nice, cool 60 to 100 is, <laughs> nice what, 60 I, to yeah, is what I remember from our We like our it right in the middle there, right around that mm-hmm. 70 to 80 mark. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I, and, yeah, 60, 80. I, I do think that people with autoimmunity can do 90, yeah, even a little yeah, bit higher a little than bit higher that. on that range. And I do think that they're when you're getting vitamin D from healthy sources, especially with other fat-soluble vitamins like K2 and A, I think that sometimes there's a lot of fear-mongering amongst an alarmist verbiage amongst the conventional health world with fat-soluble vitamins in general. Like people mm-hmm. are so afraid of vitamin A or so afraid about vitamin D. Or, but the reality is as long as you're doing it properly and testing and getting it from mainly whole food sources and the sunlight, we're talking about things that are very healthy. Yeah, agreed. All right, next study. All right, so this comes from Duke University, and it is talking about the benefits of dietary fiber and how it doesn't matter like much which fiber you choose. We just need more fiber and how the human gut evolved to thrive on various types of fermentable fibers. So if you want to take it away, Dr. Cole. Got it. So yeah, this is out of Duke University references out of micro this journal microbiome. Yeah, so let's jump into the study. The Duke experiments tested three main kinds of fermentable fiber supplements specifically. Inulin, dextrin, which is benefiber, 
and galacto-oligosaccharides, or GOS, marketed as Bumuno. The 28 participants were separated into groups and given each of the three supplements for one week in different orders, with a week off between supplements to allow participants' guts to return to a baseline state. Participants who had been consuming the most fiber beforehand showed the least change in their microbiomes, and the type of supplement really didn't matter, probably because they were already hosting a more optimal population of gut bugs, the researchers said. Conversely, the participants who had been consuming the least amount of fiber saw the greatest increase of butyrate, which is, we'll talk about it in a second, with the supplements, regardless of which one had been consumed. There was a second study that David Lab performed with support from the U.S. Office of Naval Research. They found that the gut microbes responded to a new addition of fiber within a day, dramatically altering the population of gut bugs, microbes present in the microbiome, and changing which of their genes they were using to digest food. Pretty astounding. So the study also went on to say that it doesn't have to be supplement either. It can be food-based. This was just standardized for the study. But there's a lot of fiber-rich foods, which can, we can talk about. But basically, the importance of it, for many other reasons, but we'll just talk about one, is that, as the researchers pointed out here, is that when the, you eat food that has fiber, the bacteria eat what you eat. And the, the microbes ferment the fiber and they make what are called short-chain fatty acids, which are products of bacterial fermentation, as the researchers said. Butyrate, propionate, all of these short-chain fatty acids. Butyrate, it was one of the most well-researched ones. It is needed for immune function and it's needed for regulating inflammation. It's needed for digestive health, gut health. And it is also, think of the name, butyrate, it is related to, on a chemical level, beta-hydroxybutyrate, it's the ketone that your body produces in ketosis. So it is a fuel source similar to beta-hydroxybutyrate is the fermentation of plant fibers, largely, is how you get beneficial bacterial diversity and healthy levels of short-chain fatty acids. So what do you guys think? I think this is cool. I think this simplifies it for people instead of like becoming super obsessive on what type of fiber. It's just, no, focus on a variety of different fiber. I think that's the takeaway yeah. message from the study. Yeah, and I love that they even pointed out that it doesn't even have to be a supplement. Like focusing on fiber-rich foods, you know, dark leafy greens, things like avocados, chia seed, flaxseed. Yeah, artichokes. Like those are going to be incredibly helpful and in, in helping. The, I think they said that people that they studied that were focusing on that already had a healthy microbiome too. So they're seeing that. So it doesn't even have to be a supplement and focusing on food. For a lot of people, that is the, the best route to at least start too. Yeah. And I think that everyone has a different threshold. So people need to give themselves some grace if you're trying to increase your fiber. You know, maybe start tracking how much fiber you're taking in now yes. and do a slow increase. Don't go from like five grams of fiber to 35. Yes. You're you're going to spend a lot of time in that toilet and you just, <laughs> you should probably <laughs> go gradually slow. Mm -hmm. yes. go slow and find what works for you, whether yeah. it's cooked veggies over raw veggies, you know, both contain fiber. Just give yourself some grace when trying yeah. to increase mm -hmm. fiber. Yeah. And all of us in the patient team, our heads are spinning on the context of this because there are some definitely fiber, there's seasons of people's yeah. journeys that sometimes they are in a lower fiber protocol because their gut is so reactive Absolutely. and just kind of what Megan alluded to is that you have to be judicious with this if you have a reactive GI system. If you're yes. dealing with IBS, if right. you're dealing with different autoimmune issues, wild food reactivities, 
the end goal is to get more fiber into your diet for sure. Right. But in the short term, we have to sort of repair some reactive guts. I know that's not everybody that's listening to the podcast, but I just wanted to bring that caveat because I know mm -hmm. some people are like going to go gung-ho with them the, yeah. and they're going to get a huge flare up and then be like messaging me. Yes. So like context Messaging matters. you from the toilet. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. You mother effer, what are you telling me? Yes. <laughs> All right. And the, I mean, there's different, depends on the case, but it, the healthy amount for the average person out there translates to about 24 grams of fiber for women and 38 grams for men. It could be less. It could be more depending on the person and where they're at and where their gut health is. But the goal for anybody, for our patients specifically, is to start off low and slow and build up over time as the gut repairs. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned some fruits and vegetables that you liked, Emily. What are some other ones that people, people want to know how to get their grams up? I mean, resistant starch, let's talk about that. Yeah. Resistant yeah. starch specifically does help with the fermentation. It acts as almost a fiber yeah. and helps produce short-chain fatty acids and bacterial diversity. Yeah. I was going to say, I use like a Jerusalem artichoke powder in my smoothies because I'm not the best at getting in my fiber. I'll be the first to admit it. And lots of berries. But I, I right away start my day with, if I'm you know, obviously I'm not fasting right now. So I put Jerusalem artichoke powder and berries in my smoothie with a protein source like collagen powder right there. I have my protein and then I have my fiber and some antioxidants. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you are doing like the resistant starch mm -hmm. type of protocol, like we advocate a lot for like the green banana, like flour yeah. or even um, like a potato, potato starch. starch, potato yeah. starch. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of different forms of it. Yeah. Yeah. So start off low and slow. Find out what your body loves and tolerates, depending on the type of fiber that it is. Focus on whole foods primarily, but these powders can be great yeah. supplemental things to add into smoothies or water. We do have some patients that respond really well to the inulin fiber added to smoothies. Yep. And that was one of the powders that was in this study. Too. Yeah. Yes. But again, start off low and slow. I, I'm a repeat, broken record here, but I'm just thinking of the toilet <laughs> catastrophe. Yeah, there's a, that new yes. TikTok craze. It's called like the internal shower. And basically you take like three tablespoons of chia seed and water and just chug it. And I I have chia seeds every day. What? But come on, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. I love a good chia seed like pudding, but like that's a that's lot. I'm not doing shots of chia water. Yeah. yeah, chia seed pudding, so freaking good. We recently had Dr. Casey Means at Levels there and we were talking about different foods and the impact on blood sugar, which when you look at pathways of the microbiome and blood sugar, a lot of that is connected. So mm -hmm. blood sugar balance really largely has to do with how the microbiome responds to yeah. it and how our body digests foods. Point. So chia seed pudding was one of the things we talked about. And it was like, it was for her specifically, it was well tolerated. Everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. I love chia seed pudding. It's so good. Sometimes I'll make it for the week and just keep it in the yeah. fridge and just have like a small amount every day. Like yeah. just, you know, again, you could put a little bit of pure maple syrup or, you know, your favorite sweetener in it, but I'll just do that with some, some yeah. berries and coconut milk, canned mm -hmm. coconut milk. It's great source of fiber. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, also the canned coconut milk, the full fat has inulin fiber in yes. it as well. Mm -hmm. So you have the fiber from the chia seeds, the inulin fiber from the coconut milk, and you can use the stevia. Yes, <laughs> the stevia. There you go. <laughs> full circle biofilm disrupting. Wow, there power. we go. 
Oh my gosh. I'm internally making a grocery list right now. <laughs> like these are the foods that I need to buy. Are you making the <laughs> internally grocery list or is your biofilm thinking for oh you? Oh my gosh. Wow. Here we go. That's I've deep. learned a lot, y'all. Yeah. Wow. Hey, look, look at the research around that. How the microbes in our gut influences our thoughts and emotions. Oh yeah, we should do that for oh we are being We are being basically, a, we're a sophisticated host for the microbiome. Ooh. We are. Yeah. And it's like turning the levers right now. We want Holly to go to Target. <laughs> Target. Holly and I are going to Target over lunch. So you're telling me that my gut told me to go to Target. I have to listen. <laughs> Tell my husband my gut tells me what to buy. I'll listen. <laughs> it's wise. It's a wise microbiome. All right. So I think that's everything, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So thank you all for joining us for another Ask Me Anything episode. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, our telehealth center, go to drwillcole.com. For all the links we talked about in this episode, go to drwillcole.com, head on over to podcast, and you can check it out there. And I just feel we need another 90s adult contemporary I pop song. I literally knew that you were going to go there. Well, um, you know what? I saw recently, not too long ago, that it's the 25th anniversary of the classic Mbop by Hanson. Mbop, bop, 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 mbop. That's a classic throwback. Yeah. Oh yeah, my I think there's a, a, a Dewey dot bop or something like that. Oh, yeah. How does that go? You want to do it. Well, I don't want to do it. A secret that we know about Dr. Cool that you may not know is that he is a great scatter. Oh, yeah. Do We're not going to scatter. Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. No, I'm not going to do it. Oh. <laughs> Next well, time. I'll do it. Well, I'll do it one second. Skip that. Buddha bop. <laughs> Goodness. And there you go. Here wow. we go. Wow. wow. What wow. a privilege. Well, oh, I just like lost 100,000 yes. followers. Yes. Yes, we I did. Think gained them. Yeah. I think you them. I'm a big jazz fan and I want to do it justice. So I, I say it with love. <laughs> I say it with love. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.